0: Sheva Israel National Radio would like to wish you a happy Hanukkah.
1: Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, his Torah, Israel, and the Noahide nations folks, you're back here on Noahide Nations here on Israel National Radio, and I'm your co-host Ray Patterson, and let me start off by apologizing for having missed the last couple of weeks. It was all my fault. Uh, I wound up getting a, a pretty bad cold. <laughs> It was a really a bad virus and in my chest, and I wasn't able to talk, I and mean, I actually lost my voice and attempted to do a show with sign language, and it just wasn't going to work out, so uh, we decided it'd probably be best to just go ahead and take a couple of weeks off and recover, and it's a good thing we did, but I'm, I'm, I'm back now, and I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, let me go ahead and bring in my buddy Prescott Johnson, my co-host. Prescott, how are you doing? I think I'm doing much better than you have been. Oh boy. Well, I'm, I'm actually glad for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a rough go. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. I don't get sick too often, but when I do, I, I don't I don't mess around. I mean, it's the real deal. I went to the doctor and I was on heavy duty antibiotics and uh, you know, and the doctor basically told me that you know a lot of people have this. So, for hmm. those of you who do, you know, best friend Hashem. If, you know, with His help, you will recover quickly. Because I know how bad it is. I know what you're you're going through. So, uh, hang in there. Get to the doctor and get this thing knocked out. Well, you know, this year's
0: uh, perhaps a, a what payback for the uh, the Texas win that you were celebrating uh, the last show. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I think you were talking about a lot about hot wind and hooting and hollering, and <laughs> the next thing everybody's losing their voice in Texas. Absolutely, so. yeah. It had
1: nothing to do with uh, the yelling; it had everything to do with the breathing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> breathing in the germs. Yeah. But well, uh, it's good. It's good to have you back. Well, and I'm glad we we can get back because I know you've yeah. been real busy and. A lot going on in your life, and it's just probably a good thing. We were able to shut down for a couple weeks, though it's never a good thing. But I'm glad to be back. People miss us. Well, yeah, and I miss you. I mean, I haven't been able to talk to you for a while. Yeah. So it's (laughs) it's good to be able to do that once again.
0: Well, and from what I understand, you really haven't been able to talk – Period. no and some people <laughs> might say you know. well that's a good thing right what's the
1: deal yeah, yeah what do, you, what well, I do think... you you got what do you got a problem with
0: <laughs> well I, yeah i think you were i i think that linda was saying that um in one of the classes at uh, noahite nations that you were uh, in there and and you were talking, and she couldn't believe it was you. She didn't recognize your voice or anything. It was just like this old man was uh, taking and speaking on Ray's behalf. So. Yeah, well, we were
1: trying to get uh, <laughs> uh, the, the rabbi who was instructing that night. Uh, we were having a bit of difficulty communication-wise in getting his mic and video set up. And oh, right, yeah. I, so I had to come on. And with Linda and yeah, yeah, everyone in the room, yeah, 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 yeah. what they don't understand is I was actually <laughs> yelling. <laughs> and I mean, these little sounds were coming out and it just, <laughs> it was not a good thing. It wasn't a pretty sight. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. And I was really anxious to get back into this whole idea of Zetica, which we started yeah. a couple weeks ago. And I I felt like we had a a great show then. I hope a lot of people got a lot out of it, because certainly it should be the topic of every day. You know, how can we help our fellow man, whether it's donating financially, donating our time, Mm -hmm. uh, donating goods, I mean, whatever it might be, we have to be a participant in this whole being in the image of Hashem, being created in the image of Hashem, because Hashem does what? hashem gives that means mm. we should give if we're living our lives as hashem would like us to we have to be giving as well it's just that simple
0: yeah yeah i mean because uh, our natural tendency and maybe this has to do with our our childhood is that uh, you know little babies <laughs> i mean i hate to make it put a negative spin on this but little babies are just little takers right
1: <laughs> they're learning <laughs> yeah. to receive
0: Exactly. Oh, that's what it is. Learning to is. They're learning to receive. Right. You know, it's like they scream and they holler until you feed them. They scream and holler until you give them the toy. They scream and holler until you, you know, whatever. Uh, and and it, this is very much how we can be in our relationship with Hashem that... You know, it's always about uh, you know. Uh, in, in our prayers, we're 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 constantly begging and constantly wanting and 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 often in need. You know, it's not. I'm not saying that uh, you know there aren't occasions when we need to. Uh, in fact, every day we come to Hashem and uh, and 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 ask for help and ask for his his guidance and his direction and and his protection over us. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, tzedakah is is our opportunity to, instead of being on the receiving end, uh, to be on the giving end, which is, is what we want. We want Hashem to give to us, and we
1: emulate Him by giving to others. Well, it's funny. You mentioned Zadaka. I got an email from a guy. <laughs> Who, oh, no. who told me that he he likes the way you say zedaka better than the way I say it. I th- I'm sitting I there thinking, too. okay, zedica, z- zedaka, 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 okay, potato, 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 you know, zedaka. So, <laughs> it's it's the the point is the meaning behind it. It's not the pronunciation of it. But I thought today to kind of get us back into this whole consciousness of of giving, uh, that we would go ahead and and you know talk a little bit about Maimonides and and Rambam, who basically wrote on on giving and what he's identified is the eight levels of charity mm-hmm. and basically doing justice. Uh, it, it comes, uh, in fact, this is all coming out of the book of uh, Laws of Gifts, and it, there's eight levels of giving. So I thought we would go ahead. Mm-hmm. And start with that and then kind of transition into another aspect of giving that a lot of people are aware of but maybe not but you know so we'll we'll go ahead and get there and then you know see see where we fall the Rambam goes ahead and he, he lists out the the eight levels with the lowest level being a person gives but is unhappy in giving Because he or she has to dig into the pocket in order to give. Taxes. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) taxes, as you recall from our last show, have nothing to do with Zadaka. (laughs) Okay? Uh, taxes is a whole new subject. It it doesn't really qualify uh, as giving, though... You know, you would tend to think that it would uh, simply because so many, so much of our tax dollars allegedly goes to the poor. Uh, you know, it, it goes for all these mm. programs for allegedly people who are allegedly in need. Everything's allegedly right, except right. our taxes. The taxes are for real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was just focusing on the idea of giving it grudgingly, right? Or the yeah, a, there you go. You know, at the end of a gun, you know. So uh, uh, when 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 someone gives to an organization or gives to help someone in need, and they do so grudgingly like they are paying their taxes. Mm-hmm. That's the lowest level.
1: That's, a, that's a, an outstanding analogy. It, yeah, thank it, you. it really is because <laughs> everyone feels that pain. Yeah. You know, and the government's actually taking some of that pain away by swiping it from you with your weekly or you know, biweekly checks uh, yeah, or bi-monthly yeah. checks. I mean, uh, no, it is bi-weekly. But in any event, we all know what that is, and it's not. We need to keep this in mind that gi- mm-hmm. giving, even grudgingly, is better yeah, than not giving at still- all. Yeah, okay? yeah still a, yep. And and we need to remember there's a lot of folks out there including me, you know, when I first started getting into this, where giving didn't turn me on. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing about it whatsoever that that turned me on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, coming out of, you know, Christianity Christianity and the messianic movement, oftentimes thoughts go back to you kind of feel like maybe what you did give was actually stolen from you when in reality it wasn't stolen from you. I mean, you gave with the best of intentions and somebody <laughs> else was actually abusing, uh, the, the giving nature of, of others. Mm-hmm. But when we start learning about giving and when you start somewhere, usually that's the level you start at is that lowest level yeah. is you give yep. grudgingly. If you've never given before, it's very hard to start giving now. It just is because mm-hmm. it's out of your realm. It's out of the box that you're used to living in. Yeah. So.
0: Can Can I tell you a, a story about uh, this low low level? <laughs> <laughs> if you must. <laughs> well, um, I got to contribute something to the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, a friend of mine and and uh, she passed away in in two thousand and four, but. A number of years before that, and we didn't learn this story until after she passed, and and uh, I had this uh, uh, conversation with a mutual friend who told me that someone in their office who who did not know that they, they knew this person, this person had spent most of their life living on welfare and had acquired a knack for going around and, and asking people for help and finding ways to dare I say, manipulate them to giving help even when they didn't want to give it. Right. And this person had a number of health issues and so on. And so one day when they were walking down uh, to they, they wanted to go to the mall and uh, they had uh, a cane that they used to walk. And as they were walking down the street, they stopped in the middle of the driveway of this gentleman who was about to leave his house. And he got in his van and he was backing up and here this person was standing in the middle of his driveway at the entrance to the street. And my friend would not move. So the gentleman got out of his uh, van and came back and says, like, is there anything wrong? And and uh, my friend said, well, I, I want to drive to the mall. And he says, uh, I'm not going to the mall. Like, would you mind moving so that I could leave my yard? And my friend said, well, I'm not leaving until you promise to take me to the mall. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, eventually he relents because he realizes, you know, she's not moving. And so he opens the door, she gets in, goes down to the mall, and she says, I'm not getting out of your van until you give me $5. Now, I'm not here to suggest that this is how people should try and ask for money or ask for help. But knowing, knowing my friend as I did, this, and knowing the life that she had lived and the difficulties uh, that she had endured through her life, um, uh, this I, 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 tried to, I tried to cut her some slack because of uh, a very painful life that she lived. But she wouldn't get out until he gave her the money. And then he did, and she got out and went on her way and was quite happy. Now, she would never tell me this story. And as I say, this only came to light after she had passed. But something that had occurred to me at the time was about how, with many of the people that she had built relationships with and had had found it necessary to find ways of getting people to give what she needed because she really had nothing. I mean, she really did, even... On welfare, she just had enough to live on and and all of the things that we take for granted. I mean, she couldn't go out and work. She couldn't go out and get a job. She just was unable to. And the only way that she could get what she needed for some of her wants, some of her small things that she wanted, was to actually press people into that uncomfortable of, of them giving grudgingly. But the problem is, is that the fact that they gave grudgingly was actually... To their merit, because they still could have chosen not to give it all. Right, And so sometimes some of the difficult people in our life that sometimes press us where to the point where we give, but we give grudgingly, is in certain respects, I think, to their credit and, and to us when we do give, even grudgingly. Because sometimes it is hard to give, you know. and And so there's nothing wrong with giving grudgingly. It may be the lowest level but at least it is giving and we can still choose not to give.
1: Right. So. Well, and it's interesting, oh, no, just a a, story. You know, kind of a final thought on that is that when you think about it, giving grudgingly, you must be giving grudgingly only because somebody has asked because yeah. certainly you wouldn't yeah. think about it on your own. I mean, no, no, that's you're, right. you're not that's the right. giving type at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you'd have to really you know consider that and, uh, she, in essence, forced him to do a, a, a mitzvot. Yeah, in no, you know, regardless right. of how it came off. I mean, it doesn't look pretty, on, on, you know, based on what she did, and it probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be done that way. But uh, the, if, it, if she, she didn't, this person may never have given for the rest of their lives. Uh, so yeah. you, you just you never know. You're, you're right. You you never know, and giving grudgingly is at least giving. So yep. now if we move to the next one. It's kind of a, okay. a leap because we, we're talk Rambam talks about a person who gives cheerfully, but they don't give very much. They don't give as mm. much as they should. So it's so, the cheerfulness, exactly. <laughs> they're they're very happy to give, and here's a penny for your thoughts. You know, it's yeah. it's that kind of giving, um, yeah. where it really. It it doesn't serve to help anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in fact, it oh, even though it's you know the it, up one level from the lowest level, uh, you're very you're doing very little to the to the individual that you're giving to, and very little for yourself. Quite frankly, um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're you're going to give you you may as well. I mean, could you imagine? Just think about this. Could you imagine if Hashem gave in that sort of fashion? We wouldn't feel the the closeness that we do with Hashem. There there would be this almost a resentment, if you will, uh, that you you just you, you're barely getting enough to survive. How would we feel? I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a good feeling. So you know, always remember that. Plus, we know from our last show that. The least amount that should be given when you're talking about Zeneca or, you know, charity is 10% of your income. And then the most that should be given is 20%. So mm-hmm. in anywhere in between is is just fine. So you, that's how, if you're going to, if you're going to give, give cheerfully and give 10%. And,
0: and just to, and just to clarify it's not that, like, if, if somebody comes up to you with a need that you have to give them 10% of your income.
1: No, it can be parsed out. <laughs> well, I mean, well,
0: yeah, exactly. It, it the, the idea is that in your giving, you should not, you shouldn't give. If you're giving less than 10% of your income, then you are one who gives less than they should, although you may do it cheerfully. And, 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 and so, and I only say that because sometimes it sounds like when, when someone comes and approaches you and, and has a need that, uh, you know, you need to give 10 percent is, well, that's not necessarily to that particular need. But if you in general and you know what most people know what they what they give, most people have some idea of, of how generous they are or not. And they know what the numbers are, I mean <laughs> when it comes to when it, some people aren 't great at accounting, but I, when it comes <laughs> to giving, a lot of people usually have a pretty good idea of what goes where uh, in, in, in their in their in their charity in, the, in their giving to others, so it really is that uh, you may not be able to meet every need that comes your way, but you ought to always give something. But if you find that in the in the course of your week or month, when you're tallying up your giving, if you're not giving ten percent, then you are someone who has reached, who's on level number seven, uh, that giving less than you should, but you're still happy about it.
1: Right. <laughs> and so you need to
0: work on it. And again,
1: this is a for those of us who had never given, this is all a learning process. You're not going to yeah. turn around and be at the number one level, just from the the uh, discussions that Prescott and I are having over these past two no, shows. No. It's not going to happen. No. I, 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 sh- I shouldn't I shouldn't take it out of the realm of possibilities of it happening. But uh, in in most cases, it's not because it's something that we have to to learn. I mean, we have to really internalize all of this. So. Well,
0: well, like like the story of my friend initially, like you know the. When, when someone first when, when she would first meet someone, they would tend to be very happy and generous to give. The problem is is that on the tenth phone call ten months later or two years down the road, when when this persists uh, in in terms of uh, soliciting uh, for their help, that the that <laughs> that that at that point they begin to give grudgingly and uh, And you realize that there is this um, we have to examine what are our real motivations for giving when we do give you know right and this are, this is why I think that when people have attained the highest level and if we get to or actually i think it 's not really the highest level, I think the second one is kind of the uh, we'll get to there. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead well, of I, the list. Well, I think
1: the next one is probably where a good percentage of people really find themselves, if they if they look at themselves right. honestly. Mm-hmm. And that is a person who gives, but only gives when asked by a poor person or right. asked by somebody else to, to help a poor person. On behalf of you. Uh, so uh, I, I think because... When you see somebody who lives in poverty, it really pulls at your heartstrings. I mean, it really does. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And then you're willing to give. You're more willing to give than the first level or second level. And you're willing to give it cheerfully. But indeed, the person had to ask. When if you had given prior to them asking, they might not have to ask. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh that's uh that's probably i th- i think anyway and i may be wrong uh, yeah. that yeah, you know, that's where a lot of people tend to find themselves right right there
0: yeah yeah and and the and the emphasis at least on the list that i have here because i don't know if we're working off the a similar list is it's when one gives directly to the poor upon being asked it's one thing when you're giving to someone through a mediary or anonymously and so on, but it's when you actually give directly to the person that is being asked because there is a sense of you are, in essence, being thanked or you're being recognized for your giving by that person. Right. In fact, that is number
1: four in Rambam's eight levels of giving. It's a person who gives without having to be asked but gives directly to the person, gives directly right. to the poor person. The poor person then knows that that individual, the giver, gave the help, and the giver knows who has benefited from it. Right. That's kind of the whole, that's like the middle of the road kind of person, just below the, yeah. the, the middle of the road. But you're right, exactly what you were saying pertains to that, to number four specifically. I think that even if you're giving at that level, That's still okay. Because again, it's better than not giving. It's better than level one, better than level two, better than level three. It is level four and has room for improvement. That's what it means. And again, on this journey and all of this, learning Torah and implementing it into our lives is a journey. Mm -hmm. And I see we have bumped our heads against the, the, uh, I should say, have stubbed our toe on the bottom of the hour. (laughs) So <laughs> we need to sneak on out of here and, and, and take a break so why don't we go yep. ahead and do that and folks when we come back we will cover the remaining four of Rambam's eight levels of giving so please stick around we'll catch you on the other side
2: Kidashta,
0: a community Judaica store in the heart of Mura'i Kidashta. A classy yet moderately priced Judaica store in the center of Jerusalem. Kedashta, a full-service website that introduces quality products, books, silver, jewelry, and mezuzote. Kedashta, the personal touch, in the bell tower in downtown Jerusalem. And Kedashta, Moda'in in the Kaiser neighborhood. And of course, www.Judaica4U,
1: the numeral 4, the letter U, Welcome
0: aboard. With LL's new one-stop shop, booking a vacation to Israel has never been easier. It's simple. The easy-to-use system allows you to book your flight to Israel and customize your travel plans with LL's travel partners in the tourist industry, and realize huge savings in the process. And now, for Aruchava listeners only, order a flight and hotel in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv through the Aruchava site and get a free cell phone with sixty minutes to use absolutely free. Click on the banner on IsraelNationalRadio.com.
1: And welcome back, folks. Prescott and I appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show. And we were kind of talking during the break that possibly we should be doing it a little bit different way in terms of lift, listing these out because my list goes one through eight, as I was mentioning. <laughs> Prescott's goes eight through Two one. one. <laughs> so I think, and, and I think he's right because if we, you know, look at Dave David Letterman, you know, he starts at number 10 he always has a top 10 list he starts at number 10 and works his way to the best one which is number one so right. i think we need to uh, kind of you know get back on that uh, track uh, because it is kind of confusing when i say the worst is number one right you know so i apologize for that folks and uh, we're going to go ahead and get that fixed right now so, we'll, we'll blame the producer <laughs> so here we go with uh number eight is actually a person who gives but not is not happy about the giving because they have to dig into their pocket. Number seven is a person who gives cheerfully but gives less than they should. Number six would be a person who gives but only when asked by a poor person. And then the last one that we covered, number five, in essence, would be a person who gives without having to be asked but gives directly to the poor. The poor person knows that they gave the help and the giver mm-hmm. knows who has benefited. right. So now that we're all on the same page and presumably (laughs) no longer confused, we can move ahead. All right. So number four then becomes a person who gives a donation in a certain place, but walks away so that the giver does not know who received the benefit. The poor person, however, does know the giver.
0: Yeah. Well, I think in the case of um, if someone was raising some money, for an individual and they had a list of the donors that then the person who was receiving the donation or the the institution that was receiving the donation had that list so that that they yeah that they they knew who gave i, I don't know i mean i'm sure that there are probably other situations where this would apply but again the idea is that the person who gave did so without really knowing who was receiving the benefit but the person who did receive the benefit had a way of knowing who gave so right it's conceivable uh, yeah that yes. it is
1: uh, and that's I, you know i guess i've never really had that happen so no, no. Uh, I, I could
0: see probably back in in time if if somebody knew someone needed help and they went to someone and said like i know someone or there's someone who needs help and the person gives and then when the person takes the donation back to the person who needed the help they then told who gave them the, the donation, but the person who they got the money from did not know who it was going to right and and it 's back to this thing of when a person can uh, in the in their mind they can give gratitude or how they how they look at the person who gave them uh, that in a, a sense, I suppose someone receives um, i guess it kind of even unknowingly they receive the benefit of other people knowing that they 've given, which Ideally, you would uh, prefer not to because as we get into the higher levels of giving, that's what we encounter is this idea of, of where the, the donor does not get any kind of accolade or any kind of recognition uh, for what they've done.
1: Right. And the one that I was talking about is actually the next level up. Right. right. And it's it's a higher level where a person makes a donation to the poor person secretly. Right. And You know, the giver knows who benefited, but the poor person does not know who the giver was. Mm -hmm. So, for example, let's say, you know, around Thanksgiving, for example, you know, that there's a family in town that uh, desperately needs help with, with food. And you go out and you go shopping and, and you, you pay for everything. And then that evening, they turn around and they put all the groceries out onto the the person's patio. Right. And then the patio, or I shouldn't say the patio, the person goes out to the patio the next day. There's the food. They don't know who gave it, but of course, they're very grateful and thankful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there you have it. That's You're, you're helping a person secretly but you know who that person is yeah yeah which is uh, obviously a, an elevated form of giving mm-hmm. then we have the next one which is uh, a person contributes anonymously to the zetica fund which is then distributed to the poor mm-hmm and this is kind of what we're going to be getting into after we, you know, run through these these last two, is this idea of of giving to a, an an entity and then that entity is distributing amongst the poor people. Mm-hmm. Because in in this way, the giver does not know who the Zedica is going to, the receiver does not know who the Zedeka came from. Right. And this is one of the higher forms of giving because it actually takes the element of of giving from an emotional perspective. Mm -hmm. You leave emotions at the door, and you're giving because you want to help your fellow man, whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. So by giving to an organization, you know you gave to the organization, but you don't know who's going to be getting the, 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 the benefit from that giving. You just know that somebody is going to benefit. Yeah, that's number two, in a in a very high, high elevation, because it leaves your ego out of it, leaves emotion out of it. It's giving for the sake of giving, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, something that occurred to me in, 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 when I was um, when I was contemplating uh, the, the second show here. Uh, because I think that there is something that we didn't touch on before, which I think is important to some of the concepts that that we bring in understanding uh, tzedekah and and the giving, and and that is that um, uh, in the Torah it talks about uh, about gleaning uh, the fields that when you go out and you. Collect the harvest that you aren't supposed to collect out to the edges right and of course uh, i've i 've heard some people turn this into justification for the kind of welfare state that that some people would like to promote this idea that you know the the rich in the society should there you know the the, the benefits of the rich the profits of the rich should go to the poor because that would be in keeping with this idea of of what is in the outer edges of the field were to be designated for the poor. Right. The, but one of the concepts that comes out of that, I think, at least in my reading of the Torah, and, and I'm sure I'd love to hear other people who know the Torah better than I do comment on this, is that it actually compels or requires the poor person themselves to actually go out and work to collect what was left over. That it wasn't the the person who owned the field wasn't required to collect that and then give it to the poor. He was simply not to harvest it,
1: and that right. And that's the same thing for the sabbatical year. Right. The sabbatical year, you leave, you let the land lie dormant and really depend on Hashem to mm. bring forth. Uh, you know what I. From year to year, called volunteers, and and they grow, and that is you know for the the poor as well,
0: right? And 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 the reason why I'm, I guess I'm bringing this up is is that when we talk about um, giving to the poor, that quite often we've institution we've institutionalized it so much that we've actually taken um, we've taken it out of the hands of the poor to go out and receive charity. Uh, you know, through their own labor and through their own effort. In other words, in many cases, the poor do not actually become responsible for the benefit that they may receive through the institution of welfare in, in, in our economic system that we have. So we've got governments and bureaucrats who have a welfare office and, and you sign up for benefits and you sit at home and you wait for your check. That's very different conceptually from what we read in the Torah, where even the poor person has to be involved in the process of feeding themselves or receiving benefit from what others are required to allow them to have. So, you know, a landowner is not permitted to harvest out to the edge of his field. He's not permitted to literally strip his trees that there's supposed to be what is left for the poor to collect, and they have a personal responsibility of doing that. they just can't sit at home and say, "Well, I'll just let somebody go out and collect that for me." They've actually got the responsibility to do that and i and I see this as being conceptually different from how many people look at at charity and at how we care for the poor in our society or what we expect of the poor,
1: right. You know. Well, I think you're going to find that with the highest level as well. Right. What, what you're talking about is, in essence, socialism, right. where the, the money is confiscated from those who have and then distributed from those who do not have. And the ones receiving it that don't have, mm-hmm. are all they're doing in terms of work is filling out paperwork. Right. And in, in essence, they are required to basically do nothing. Mm-hmm. if you if you start doing something you don't get any more so in essence the government is is forcing them to do nothing in order to receive which is you know counterproductive and also against torah <laughs> yeah and
0: i think that if you if if a person was in need and that there there were obligations attached to that in, in for for instance even in going door to door to ask for help from your neighbors though that might be fall on the lower level of giving in terms of uh, Rambam's list here, it's still something that the person who receives goes out and does. And and this, to me, helps raise them to higher levels, which is what we're going to get to eventually in the, in the highest level, is that it, it brings them back. It's a way of bringing them back into having control over their own lives of, of them being responsible for the benefit that they receive by going out and collecting as opposed to being anonymously, you know, as I say, receiving welfare checks or receiving help anonymously in this way that to actually go out and to actually actively be responsible for your own, being responsible for your own life, being responsible for what you receive is I think that conceptually it is outside of where most of us are in how our modern society acts and and responds that we, we, if we were in need, we would not think to go to our neighbors, knock on the door and say, uh, do you have any money that you could perhaps give because I'm in need that we just, we, we wouldn't even want to do that. We wouldn't think to do that. We couldn't bring ourselves to do that, whether out of pride or whatever, but, It doesn't seem to be something that a poor person should be ashamed of if they had to go and ask for help. But we live in a society now where where it is.
1: Right. And, in fact, back in the day when the temple was there and everyone was going to the temple, the people who were in need of help, the poor, would actually sit outside the temple wall. Right. And this is how people who were coming into the temple knew that these folks needed help. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're right. We have transitioned to a whole new way of, of thinking, and have actually, uh, over the generations, have produced a you know generational type thing. Produced a generation of people who just refuse to work and just all they they just want to receive. Mm-hmm. You know let's go ahead and <laughs> yeah, move let's... into the number one one uh, the number one giving, the highest highest level, because this really helps ex- explain a whole another side to this, and that is uh, you, you actually give money to help prevent another person from becoming poor. and as, as an example, you might teach somebody a, a trade. Uh, you might find somebody a job. You may lend them money to start uh, their own business. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're not just giving them the fish; you're teaching them to fish. Mm-hmm. Now, in Torah, this this whole idea uh, is also part of the bond servant teachings, and this is also misunderstood. In fact, our President Obama basically accused Hashem and his Torah of being in favor of slavery. Mm. And he was referring to this whole bond servant situation. But he has no clue as to what the bond servant is all about. Uh, The bond servant is actually somebody who has gone into debt, either to an individual or to somebody else, and needs a means by which to pay that debt back they then put themselves in servitude to an individual or a family that individual or family then takes this person in as their as as one of their own they sleep in the same beds that the you know that the kids and the, the the parents sleep in they eat the same meals that everybody eats from they they share they're almost like another family member but while this is occurring they're teaching this person how to take care of themselves, either by teaching them a trade or giving them a job to then, you know, work off the debt, because the whole idea is to get them to learn how to fish so that they can go out and fish for themselves and then help others, teach others how to fish. This is, and it's really a a very thumbnail sketch Mm -hmm. of, you know, the the whole bond servant teaching, but conceptually, it has absolutely nothing to do with slavery. It has everything to do with teaching somebody how to take care of themselves and, during that process, providing for that individual for all of their needs. Mm -hmm. Food, clothing, shelter. And not in a diminished way, they're providing it at the same level they would provide for their kids, their wife, whoever in their family. Mm. So it's completely different than what we today call slavery. And this, my friends, is the highest level of, of giving is to teach somebody how to fish. Hmm. You, you're teaching them a trade. You, you, or you find them a job. Uh, you, you, you provide them with a means to be able to take care of themselves. Because when you do that, the whole is then taken care of. Hmm. And I'm talking about the whole of the, the people, by, by teaching them how to do something to take care of themselves and put them in a position to be able to return that to somebody else who is in need in the same way.
0: Wow. You know, I, I, love, doing, I love doing the spontaneous stuff simply because there are things that it, it triggers in my brain that otherwise don't happen if I sit down and, and contemplate this stuff too much. This is absolutely incredible. I think this is absolutely incredible. When you start at the lowest level, number eight, where you talk about giving grudgingly, I'm going to tell you something. If somebody comes and asks you for help and you give grudgingly, are you encouraging them to come back again to ask for help? No. <laughs> I'll just no, answer not, that. Not to you. Yeah, no, not to that's you. That's right. <laughs> so what have you done? Have you made a friend? Have you Have you made a relationship? Have you connected with someone or have you pushed them away? See... Right now, what we have is we have people who are, grudging, uh, are begrudgingly giving to the whole redistribution model that is being encouraged by way too many governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it separates people. Yes. When you make people take what is theirs and give it to someone else, you are causing separation in people but ultimately there's a, a but there is that second benefit you know it's that's from the from the perspective of the recipient but in the on the perspective of the donor when they realize that they are not going to be popular or they're they're not going to be liked for asking that causes separation from them too. But if we go down through this list or go up through this list, what we come to is at the end of the day, it's about the two parties coming together where the party who is on the receiving end becomes self-reliant because the other party has helped them become self-reliant. Right. And so this is about elevating, elevating those without those who are poor and making them self-reliant, bringing them to a place of self-reliant through this process. And it's also a process of moving the the giver, the donor, from a place of giving grudgingly to a place of interacting with his neighbor and helping his neighbor develop trades and, and, and develop skills so that they can look after themselves.
1: Exactly. And when you think about it, this is how things get growing in an exponential way. If you have a person who teaches another person how to be Mm self-sufficient and then that person goes off on their own, now you have two people who can teach two more people how to be Mm self-sufficient. Those two people go off on their own. Now you have four people teaching four more people how to be Mm -hmm. self-sufficient. And by the time it's all said and done, everyone is able to take care of themselves, which in turn takes care of the whole. I mean, one yeah. of the uh, well, I don't want to get into this story. Is you know, it had to do with uh, backpacking, but uh, just, you know, it did really quickly. The the I the thing that I learned about backpacking because uh, I was never a backpacker, and I learned once when I was living in Colorado that you always pack to take care of yourself, yeah, and then put in a little extra mm-hmm. because if everybody takes care of themselves and puts in a little extra, you take care of yourself and somebody else if they didn't pack properly, right. I mean, you teach at the same time, yeah. but now the question becomes: Okay, well, who do I give to? Mm-hmm. And you know, without you know drawing, this is a, you know a whole another hour long show. But a a great thing to do is to you know meet at at uh, a, 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 an elevated level where you're giving to an organization, not knowing who the receiver is, mm-hmm. and then the. Uh, organization distributes that those donations to those who are indeed in need mm-hmm. because the way it generally works is people come to the organization and express their need for the help. And then the organization then facilitates the ability for others to make donations and then they make the, the, the donations and provide the help to the individuals. Right. And that is a way to immediately get up the ladder, as it were, to a higher level because the giver doesn't know who it's being given to. The receiver does not know who gave. Right. So you're automatically, by doing it that way, you're at a higher level of giving. Additionally, with an organization, you know, say like Noahide Nations, I'll just throw that out there, we could actually be teaching others how to be self-sufficient. Uh, another thing that we would do is take donations and teach people about Torah, teach more Torah because in teaching more Torah, if they 're studying Torah and sincerely learning it can 't help but change their lives mm-hmm. that 's what it does, yeah so this is something that you really need to ponder on your own. Prescott and I have given you a lot of information here, and I would just wish we had more time. We simply don't, and I'm not even sure if we have time to even do uh, Plugged In. I don't know. You tell me, Prescott.
0: Uh, well, well, now, maybe not right now, but maybe later today we could pull one off and put one up.
1: Okay. Well, right. in the meantime... I appreciate you sticking around for the entire hour here on Noahide Nations and from Prescott and myself, Shavuto, have a great week. Shalom.
0: Tour is coming your way. Don't miss your opportunity to have me visit you. We talk about Israel, we'll talk about Zionism, we'll talk about the peace, the war, the future, (laughs) your opinion, my opinion. We're going to hash it together and come up with something brilliant for the future of Israel. Check it out.
1: Yes, darlings, this is Grandma J.J. here in the USA. We, I just called to wish you blessed holidays and a happy new year. And we're standing with you that we serve the God, the only God of Israel. Don't give up any more land. God gave you that land. Take care of it and do what you need to do. All the blessings of the Holy One of Israel upon you, the only true God. From Grandma J.J. in Gallatin, Tennessee. Love you all. You're
0: listening to IsraelNationalRadio.com.